All right. Here we go. Robcast, episode 306. And this one is called Sometimes I Don't Even Know the Question. And I, I want to uh, I want to show you something. I want to name a pattern, something that happens in us. I want to try and give it language. Um, that's what that's what I want to try and do. I want to try and show you something that happens within you, that happens within us, and it's actually in the air right now in a massive collective way. So it is both a deeply personal, intimate experience we all go through, and yet it's also something that's happening among and within all of us right now. And I want to try and give it some language. By the way, speaking of language, uh, I've done a writing class over the past six months, an online class. It takes about, I talk for about an hour and a half, and then people would maybe do like a half hour of questions, but I thought, what if I recorded that class as an audio, like a long-form audio, and I just put like all that I've learned about writing uh, into one place, and um, so I did that. It turned out it was four hours long, <laughs> so it's just now on my site. We're, we're just releasing it. It's called Something to Write, uh, so for all of you writers who find writing to be both intoxicating and maddening because you're you're taking the fullness of life as you've experienced it and tasted it and felt it and then you're trying to like capture it in words on a page and and when it when you're on you're on right when it's when it's firing when it's when it's flowing it's like what an experience which is why we write and yet when it's not, it can just, oh, the self-doubt, the mild form of torture that it can be. So what I've done with Something to Write is in four hours tried to give you everything I've learned about how to uh, tune into, tap into, find that flow and be on your way and capture what you're trying to capture on the written page. So... Um, that's now available. You can download it at my site. Um, but sometimes I don't even know the question. That's this episode. I got to take a deep breath and do a long exhale because this, uh, yeah, this episode and this sometimes I don't even know the question. This, yeah, this strikes very, very close to my heart. I want to show you a truth about how we transform, how we grow, how we expand. Or as a friend of mine says, I'm going through an upgrade. <laughs> that great? How we upgrade. <laughs> and uh, this has a collective dimension. So, so in naming this, I'm trusting that you're going to see, oh, I see what you're doing there, Rob Bell. This is something that's in the air right now. Because sometimes... You don't even know the question. Now, in order to get to what we're talking about when we talk about those moments when you don't even know the question, let me start with the antithesis. Let me start with the opposite, because sometimes you do know the question. So, so we'll start there. 
Sometimes you do know the question. Your car is making a strange noise. Well, what is the noise? So you go and you find a mechanic because you need to know. Sometimes the pipes in your house in your apartment are making high-pitched squealing sounds like someone stepped on a cat and you're like, something's wrong. So what's wrong with our plumbing? So in the case of your car, you seek out a mechanic. In the case of the pipes in the place that you live, you call a plumber. Sometimes you do know the question, what's wrong with the car? What's wrong with the pipes? Sometimes a desire arises within you, a dissatisfaction, a need for things to get better. You have a sense that there's more. You, you want to lower your cholesterol. You want to lose weight. You, you, it feels like it's time for the kids to go to a different school. And so you have this, que the question is, what other schools are around? Um, you research a particular area of health uh, you go on Yelp to find out if there's a place near you that does that. What do apartments rent for in Springfield? What does office space cost in London? See, sometimes you know the question. Sometimes you're like, I need more focus. I need somebody to help me hone in on who I am and what I'm doing here. And so you set out to find that person. You look for a pro. You look for a spiritual director, you look for a coach, you look for somebody to, who, you look for an therapist, you look for a doctor, you look for somebody. So sometimes you do know the question. Somebody has wronged you and they're renting free space in your head and you know you have to forgive them, but you don't even know where to begin. And so you go looking for an answer. I need to forgive this person. How do I forgive this person? You have a need. There's a desire. There's some sense of restlessness. You know it could be better, and you do know the question. And so you go looking for the answer, and generally, you, you look long enough, you find it. You call a friend who went, went through something similar and say, hey, could you, do you have contact info for that person? Because I feel like they could help me. I watched how they helped you. That, you know this experience. Sometimes you do know the question. And then there are those times when what you are experiencing is far more difficult to name. We could call it a restlessness, a disorientation, a discomfort of the soul. Uh, a friend of mine calls it the turbulence. Something is shifting. Something's changing. Uh, something is ending. You just don't know what it is. Something new is opening up, but you... you that's the best. It's like you can just hint. You get hints. You get glimpses. It's harder to identify. Clarity eludes you. Uh, this, this is perhaps how you have found yourself expressing it. I know I'm going through something. I just don't know what it is. It's like a low-grade like low malaise, and yet you... Uh, how would I say this? Something intuitively know, within you knows that it's good, that the discomfort somehow has something good in it. 
There's a line uh, in the ancient wisdom book Proverbs about the waters of the soul. It's like the waters of the soul are stirring. Yeah, that gets close, right? Yeah, notice how images tend to work better in these moments. Uh, yeah, there, there's a line in the Proverbs about the intentions of a person's heart are deep waters. It's like you don't have clear language for what it is, but something is stirring in the deep waters. They're moving. There are waves in those waters. There's a line in the New Testament letter, Romans, the Spirit intercedes with groans that words cannot express. I like that. Groans. Yeah, unwordable words. Groans because words could never do this thing that you're experiencing, could never do the justice. Sometimes it has a sense of vertigo to it. There's like, what's up? What's down? What's left? What's right? Uh, sometimes in these moments, despair, you find yourself like, what's the point? Boy, I, don't, I know what that's like. What's the point of all this? What was the point of all those years of effort? What does any of this mean? Yeah. Yeah. The turbulence. Oh, here's a word. Churning. Here's another word that I've noticed uh, in myself and with a number of people I've interacted with seems to name it well. It feels like something's dying. But not bad dying, good dying. But it does have an ache and a discomfort. It's like, ah, it's like an itchy sweater. And yet, something within you knows something's dying, which can only mean that something is going to be born. And everything within you in these moments, it just wants to get through it, right? How many of you have ever been like, just, what's the lesson here? Just show me the lesson, <laughs> right? Just show me, okay? You don't even really know who you're talking to. There's just this, like, the in-between. That's what can become unbearable. God, I'm, can we just get to the next thing? Okay, I'm open. And you even find yourself, like, making a case. Like, I'm open. I'm flexible. I'm humble. I'm teach. Like, uh, yeah, teach me. Show, like, just show it to me. Uh, this feeling of being suspended. Ah, God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just speed it up. Come on, come on, let's go. It's a discomfort. And you so badly want to ease that discomfort. And for many of us, we have a number of things at our fingertips. We've gotten good over the years at numbing this, avoiding this. But you also know that if you reach for your usual avoidance and numbing devices, something within you knows that you're going to miss it. That the only way with this one is to sit in it and just let it do whatever it's doing. Yeah. It's an experience you're having that eludes your ability to sort it out in real time. It's one of those things where something is shifting within you, deep within you, and you know that later you're going to get it. Later you're going to have language. Right now it's, uh, right now it's a disturbance. It's a feeling. It's a... Yeah, it's a churning. Yeah, there's a reason for this. And, and, and we're going to get to that. 
in a moment, but let's do this. Here's why sometimes you don't even know the question to ask, because that's what happened in those moments, right? You're like, God, I just want the, let's just get through this, because obviously there's something, let's assume, good coming, but, but like, you don't actually even know what question to ask, other than, when is this going to be over, or what is it? Sometimes the closest we can get is, what is this next thing? What's happening? Where? But even those questions feel a little lame, right? Okay, here's why. Sometimes you don't even know the question. Let's, let's do an exercise here involving your mind, because you have this lovely processor known as your mind, this intellect, which, which, where would we be without this? So we have nothing but love and respect for intellect, and yet I want to show you something that is happening in these moments in regards to your thoughts, your intellect, and your cognitive capacities. Here's what I mean. Have you ever, let's start with a question, have you ever felt stress about money? Let me say it a different way. Have you ever experienced anxiety about finances? <laughs> and some of you are like, uh, Robel, I'm a human. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course, we all have. Basic. Now, let's think about those experiences you've had over the course of your life in which you experienced stress over money. Because you're listening to me, so you survived those experiences. You're listening to me, which means you have access to very advanced technology, also known as a laptop or a, a phone of some sort. I assume there's a roof over your head. I assume you have at least a meal in your stomach. So whatever stresses, all of those moments of financial stress that you've gone through over all of the years in which you have had that experience, you survived every one of those stresses. Every single stress you've ever had about money, you survived it. It came and it passed. Now notice how easily your mind can see that in your history, and you can quickly comprehend that truth. Oh yeah, yeah, I am here. So every single one of those stresses and tensions and anxieties, I did survive. Now, now notice if I said to you, so it's simple. Going forward, every time you face any stress about money going forward, just think about all those earlier stresses and how you got through them and remind yourself that they came and went in the same way that the current stress about money came and went, and then you'll be fine and you'll get through that financial stress without any stress. Notice, <laughs> some of you know exactly where I'm going with this. Notice how you can instantly agree to that very rational, straightforward plan with how you are going to deal with financial money stress going forward. Oh, yeah, okay. So next time I'll just think about all the earlier events. I'll realize, I'll remember, yeah, I got through all those, so I'll easily get through those. So why would there be any stress now? Your mind is like mine. I can instantly affirm that as a wonderful plan going forward. I can nod my head right along with that. My mind says, yes, that makes sense. And yet, how many of you are exactly like me? You know that the next time you have financial stress, it won't be that simple. 
you know that there'll be a little static to it. You'll you, there'll be a there'll be a little electrical current. There'll be a little uh, right, whatever that sound is. Uh, yeah. So so we both with our minds fully can work this through, and yet we also have a bit of pushback. Like, well, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. You can line it all up perfectly in your head. You can think about it flawlessly. You can go to that family reunion, office party, interact with that neighbor, and you can go in saying, I know they're going to push my buttons, hurt people, hurt people. You can quote every cliche possible. I'm not going to let them get under my skin. I realize it's them just acting out of their own sense of frustration and despair, et cetera. And yet, when they make that comment, it still hurts, correct? So you can make a plan that you've carefully thought through. You can analyze it. You can think about it flawlessly. You can have all of your intellectual furniture arranged perfectly. And yet your lived experience is slightly different from time to time. Are you with me on this? Whatever you would affirm with your mind, whatever you would agree with in your head, we actually live from a deeper place within us. Our center is deeper than simply our thoughts. So if we're going to transform, if we're actually going to experience change, if we're actually going to leave certain habits, thought patterns, behaviors behind, then... It's thinking is incredibly important. We'll obviously have to think about things in a different way. But in order to actually experience transformation, we are going to have to experience some sort of disruption in that deeper place within us that is actually the center of the being that we truly live from. That place deeper than your mind, more central to your being. Actual transformation, then, is always going to involve a disruption or change or shift or turbulence or leaving behind of the old or death in that deeper place. So sometimes, when you don't know the question... It's because you're in the midst of one of those shifts. You're in the midst of one of those transformations. There's all sorts of like, it's some sort of awakening, some sort of death and rebirth, some belief, some structure, some set of assumptions, some need or clinging or grasping doesn't work anymore. And something within you, spirit intercedes with groans, words cannot express. Something within you is letting go of that. By the way, letting go is the best definition of death. Something is letting go of the old. Uh, uh, perhaps you have somebody who you are desperate for their approval. 
You are desperate for them to validate you, legitimize you. Maybe you've simply said, I just want them to see me. And yet they are, for whatever reason, unable, incapable, not interested in giving you what you want from them. And so this has broken your heart again and again and again. And then you begin to experience a freedom, a peace, a wholeness in which you realize you don't need them to validate you. You're okay. Maybe they're never going to. Maybe the pain took you deep enough into that clinging and grasping that something gave up. And so you can't quite name it, but perhaps what's happening is the disruption in the center of your being is there's something within you that knows, let's just leave all that grasping and clinging and needing behind, because we're good. We're good how we are. And the experience at first is hard to name. Yeah, 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 because uh, it's like the mind hasn't caught up yet. Yeah. See, often what happens in these moments, unless we have come to see that this is how true transformation works, is oftentimes we fight it, right? We fight the death and rebirth because it's, it's of course it's uncomfortable. Yeah, churning, turbulence, of course it has us, has us on edge, of course. Yeah, because we like to know. We like clarity. Yeah, of course it has us, it's like itchy, right? Yeah, and yet, and of course we have all sorts of ways to numb that pain. We see this all the time. People who, ah, they want to go to all sorts of fantastic places, but they're not willing to die. Yeah, that's the pattern. It's how it works. Three days in the belly of the fish, right? That's how it works. That's how it works. You used to, and here, and perhaps for some of you, this is what has been happening. You used to numb yourself from that particular discomfort, but you don't want to numb anymore. You used to fill that empty space that opens up that doesn't even know how to name the question. You used to fill that space with noise, with clutter, with people. But you don't want to anymore because you know there's some new space that you're heading into. And so you're feeling it for the first time and it hurts and it's uncomfortable and you feel really vulnerable. You feel like a layer of skin has been peeled off. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's how it works. You used to reach for this. You used to go out with them. You used to do anything to avoid sitting there in the stillness and the spacious silence and just letting it do what it wants to do in you. So you and I, we, we were raised and conditioned in a world that's stuck in its head, right? When you graduate from high school, how do, you, how do you make your case to a college that they should let you in? You take a test. You fill tiny bubbles on a sheet of paper, right? Yeah, yeah that is an incredibly, think about ACT, ACT, think about these tests. They're incredibly narrow. They're a blade of grass in a lawn that's a thousand yards long. They're incredibly narrow slivers of measures of intelligence. 
And yet oftentimes these scores are a large portion of how you were assessed, your intelligence, whether or not you could measure up. We, we were raised and conditioned in a world that's deeply stuck in its head, and it understands a particular kind of retention intelligence. Do you remember the answers? And is profoundly disconnected with all of the many, 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 many ways we also know things. How the body, soul, spirit, senses, intuition, deeper self know things. Yeah, in lots of places in the modern world, there is total ignorance of any way of knowing other than incredibly narrow ways of knowing that involve the intellect in the mind. Yeah, so it makes sense how we got here. But what happens is it leaves people without a vocabulary for the very real experiences we go through in which, God, whatever this is, something is happening within me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have an innate intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, you have a deep knowing you have a deep knowing. It loves and respects mine, but mine reports to it. <laughs> so there is often a disruption needed for transformation. The old leaves, it fades, it passes before the new comes. And that means that the structures... The current structures, the previous structures, have to crumble in, in some way. Yeah, that, that names it, doesn't it? Yeah, some structure within me is crumbling. Oh, yeah. And often what happens in that experience is you used to know how it worked, but now that doesn't work for you anymore. Now you don't. That's how disorientation works. Your reference points the ways that you navigated were quite clear. But then, as long as I keep this person happy, as long as these people think I'm doing great, then everything's fine. And then some dissatisfaction with that arises within you. Because you don't actually need, and maybe these people you can't keep happy, and maybe this, where you're going next, the new thing Spirit is doing, maybe somebody who... who guided you for years, maybe they don't see that. Maybe they don't understand the next place that, that you're going to go. And so suddenly they're looking at you a little cross-eyed, like, wait, what? And you realize, I either stay true to this next place and follow this, or I have to, I have to die to my truest self in order to make sure that they're happy. You see that split? Do you see how that disorientation works? It's like, what does even... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why you sit in this and you let spirit do what spirit's doing. And here's why this is so important to understand how structures crumble. Because otherwise, you end up keeping the same pattern in play. Maybe slight tweaks here, 
Maybe you swapped out some pictures on the walls. Maybe you, you, you painted a room in the house, but the furniture stays the same and the essential structure remains the same. And this is why the disorientation of transformation can be such a strange, vertigo, lightheaded sense of dizzy, what is going on? Because an entire structure is coming down. Yeah. Yeah. Which means you are going to experience all sorts of new freedom. But in order to experience that new freedom, you have to let the structure crumble. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even know the question. <laughs> Sometimes you're sitting in and you don't even know what to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a perfectly normal experience that people have been witnessing and going through for thousands and thousands of years. Now, let's name something, speaking of thousands and thousands of years, let's say, name something that's in the air right now. We all have been going through something for a bit over a year that we all know we're going to spend the rest of our lives processing, right? We all, we all know that this thing we've all been through changed, changed the game, right? You're, you're nodding like, yeah, it is. Yeah, nothing will be the same again. There, there's a thing in the air. It's so massive. How many of you have asked people you know who are significantly older than you, like, is this, have you been through anything like that? And they're like, yeah, no, there's nothing in my lifetime. And you're like, oh God, it's like comforting, right? The number of people in their 70s, 80s, I've said, or I've heard other friends ask, like, is this the most unique, turbulent, strange, unexpected thing in your in life? And they're like, yeah, mm -hmm. this, and, and something within you goes, it's oddly comforting to know that it's been this disruptive, right? The dis knowing that it's been this disruptive for others is, has a strange solidarity and comfort in it, yeah. So we all know, yeah, this changed everything. And yet if I were to ask you, okay, everything changed, right. Okay, how? Be very specific. Exactly how? Now, maybe you're saying, well, maybe I could work from home a couple days a week. You know, maybe, like, maybe you could give us a couple. But also notice how a part of you is like, I don't know. How did this change how we think about our political life together? Well, uh... You, you could point to a few things. How does this change economics? How does this change public health? How does this change how you think about space and architecture? How does it think about commuting? How does this, do you see how you are like me? You instantly affirm that this global pandemic that we have been through and are still in, obviously, we all know that we have been through an upheaval of historic proportions. And yet, and we know that it has shifted things and changed the game. But notice how clear you are on that, and yet the details, maybe you have a few, but you also know that we're going to be learning how this changed things for years to come. The details aren't yet in focus, right? We all know that we are going to be processing this for a long, long time. Yeah. So it's incredibly important right now that we understand 
things got disrupted deep in the bones. And ever so gradually, we'll make more and more sense of it. Let me, let me tell you about my own, at the center of my work for, oh God, 30 years, has been me in a room talking to a group of people and something happening among us, something happening to me as much as anybody else. Yeah, this work was central to everything I've been doing. And then it all went away. So it's been a year, year and a half since I've gotten to do the thing that is the center of everything I do. If you would have told me when I did, walked off stage at the last show of the Introduction to Joy Tour in 2019, oh, you're not going to do anything like this for another like year and a half, at least, maybe two years. Uh, I w would have been like, wait, what? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the thing that lights me up, that that often it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I came to do this, <laughs> uh, went away. I know a number of you, your, your work is similar. You, a whole thing went away. I am not now the person I was. Yeah, this, this experience has profoundly changed me. I can't go do what I do like I used to do it. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm, I'm not who I was. It will have, it, it, it will be a different thing. What will it look like? I don't know. I don't even know what question to ask. <laughs> uh, I know that me in a room full of people, well, the, there will be a presence and gratitude. That I also know that there is some longing for a deeper connection. There is some human-to-human -human exchange that I'm tuned into like never before. And all the earlier me's, I by the way, you have to love all the earlier me's. You were just trying to figure it out. I love all the earlier me's, like I love all the earlier you's because you love all the earlier you's. You gotta embrace all the earlier, all the earlier attempts. Oh yeah, you good, good for you. <laughs> you were just giving it a shot. You were just trying to figure it out. Awesome. Uh, I have, I just know that th things yeah, there are new spaces. New things have opened up. New possibilities. But beyond that, I can't even give you much in the way of definition or detail. I could I could I could guess. I could give you hints and textures. Might I might I might be able to to get at a feeling, but Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how many of you know how many of you know exactly you know exactly what I'm talking about? Don't you? You're like I just know I just know that there's some next thing. Yeah, but you can't rush that. You can't rush it. You can't speed up death and rebirth. You can't stand there with your feet on the ground. You can't get down on your knees on the ground and like that seat seed that you buried. You can't be like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come up out of the earth, produce some fruit. <laughs> yeah, the seed's doing what it's doing. The seed's doing nothing. It appears as though the seed in the earth is doing nothing because it's buried. You can't even see it. And yet, 
in order for the seed to come up out of the earth and produce something, it first has to be buried, and for a while it has to look like nothing's happening because nothing's happening, and yet it's the moment before the moment. Everything is happening because nothing is happening. Do you see that? That's a biological truth. That's a cosmological truth. That's a truth of the heart. Yeah. So if you ask me what's next, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, seeds in the ground. The seed is in the ground. Now, notice how, if you're like me, you have musculature that desperately wants to be shown the next thing. Just give me the next thing. Just show me, teach me, hand it to me, reveal it to me. Then I'll get it, and I can go do it. So in moments of most profound and long-lasting transformation, often what happens is your particular strengths and skills may in fact work against you. Here's what I mean. Uh, uh, let, me, let me talk about myself for a second, then we're talking about you. I've been generating things for a long time. I come up with ideas and then I make them. So when I feel discomfort, when this space opens up, when something is churning, I have very well-developed muscular that's like musculature that's like, hey, when in doubt, just make some stuff. Just write a book. Put out a Robcast. Just make some stuff. <laughs> How many of you have, maybe for you, what you do is you bring order out of chaos. You, have, you are incredibly good at coming into a situation, and you can spot where the chaos started, and you can see patterns, and you can see organization, and you, you do it for what spaces, you do it for companies, you do it architecturally, you do it, uh, maybe, you're the, maybe you're the healer. So you are like magnetically attracted to people who are in pain. When people are like crying out, and there's a certain level of chaos because people aren't doing, you calm down and you know exactly, you're the person who knows exactly what to do. Yeah. You thrive in a fire drill. Yeah. So you can see that we, that we have these things that we do that are our gift to the world. But in those moments when we don't know the question, when there's that discomfort, the itchy sweater, when things are churning, when something's dying, for many of us, the default is, well, just do the thing you do. And yet, if you do it, you'll end up doing it as you've always done it, and you will miss the transformation that comes from letting that space open up within you and letting whatever it needs to die, die, and whatever structures need to crumble, crumble. Yeah, you see how that works? Yeah, so what you... So what you're learning to do is spot the natural inclination you would have to just jump in and do what you do, and then the space isn't free to open up so that the thing can happen that is the thing that years later you'll be like, that was, a, that was something. Look what happened in that period. Whoa. Yeah, so obviously patience. Patience. You can't see the seed. It will grow 
as it wants. I often meet people who are going through something and and they're trying to name it, and I will say to them, does it feel like something is trying to flush itself out of your system? (laughs) And the number of people I've watched go, yes, yeah, yeah. So you got to let it flush itself out. Might take a while. Yeah, you were taught a whole thing that no longer works. It would make sense that you would, it would take a while for that to flush itself out. It would make sense that you'd have a relapse here and there. It makes sense that you'd have a couple steps forward, a step back. Yeah, patience and grace. Patience and grace. Yeah. You'll also, uh, you may notice your, your appetite for books, movies, shows, music, and noise uh, is greatly decreased. And you might find yourself driving without listening to anything. You, you might find yourself spending way less time with your headphones on. Yeah, it's perfectly normal. Y- you may find you aren't as interested in long conversations with people during a, this period, during a particular moment. Perfect, makes perfect sense. Yeah, of course, because something's happening and, and you're creating the space to let it happen. Yeah, and sometimes these wonderful people in our lives and this wonderful art that people have made, actually, as wonderful as it is, there are moments when it functions as a distraction. Some people just go to conferences all the time. Some people just read spiritual books all the time. Some people take classes. all. They never stop going to spiritual things so they don't have to die. Yeah, I've seen lots of people. They're like professional seekers, but they have managed to be the same. They're the same person they've been for years. And you wonder, how I, that person has spent so much money going after spiritual vibes. They have traveled all over the world and sought out all the great teachers, and yet they still seem like they're kind of a wreck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's because all that weirdly enough, was like almost a distraction. It was how they kept the discomfort at bay. It's a very real thing in our world, by the way. It's a very real thing, using spirituality, uh, which looks a certain way on the outside, to numb and distract. Uh, Yeah, because you went to that thing and heard that person and... Right, got your shakas lined up. Yeah, awesome, love it. But but it may actually have just been another way to avoid the discomfort of the death that is the only death that can ever lead to a rebirth. Maybe what needs to die is the belief that somebody else has the magic. And if you just found them and they gave you their magic, then you'd be okay. Maybe what has to die is the idea that somebody else has what you need when you've had what you needed the entire time. Yeah, you see that? Yeah, you see that? Yeah, Moses goes up on the mountain, the people stand at the distance. because They're like, if we go up on the mountain, surely we'll die. And Moses later is like, God, I wish everybody got it. Everybody has the divine voice. Everybody has a deep knowing. Yeah, sometimes that's what needs to die, that there are other people who have a thing you don't. You with me on this? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, oh, one more thing. Your mind will catch up. Your mind will catch up. Our minds are lovely, aren't they? Aren't they great? Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> Talk to your mind affectionately. Yeah. Oh, oh, love. Look at you. Just look at that hamster pedaling on that wheel trying to figure this out. <laughs> I'm telling you, from early on in my work, there's all I I would finish my talk, teaching, message, show, and there's a guy out in the alley who wants to talk. There's somebody who comes down front. There's somebody who, and they stop me in a restaurant, and I can their question. I can see that lovely brain of theirs trying to process the experience they just had with me, and I can see them trying to put it into nice, neat category. Oh God. <laughs> And they quote for me this person. There's always a person they quote. There's always a person who has a television show or YouTube clips who's sort of the king of the rationalists for now. And I can see the person just desperately trying to put precise technical language on what's happening deep in their bone. And it's it's cute. It's precious. <laughs> oh, sweetheart. <laughs> and yet what's happening... Ah, is they're actually encountering spirit that's inviting them to death and rebirth. And all of their training and all of their degrees and all of the wonderful smart people books they've read, oh, yeah, it's, it's not helping them in that moment. Because mm -hmm. it's a pure, innocent place where you actually are connected to the depth of your being that doesn't need to understand. Yeah, your soul just wants to participate. Yeah, spirit just wants to do a new thing. It doesn't have to name it. Or, or good God, let me, as long as we're on this, the person who has to name what they are, oh, my word. They have to name, they have to give themselves a label. I'm a recovering, I'm a progressive, I wouldn't say that I'm a, but I'm, but I'm more of an agnostic, oh, please, please. Please, that mind just desperately, like a squirrel on a nut, just desperately chewing away, trying to make sure that the identity structure stays firmly intact. What title would you give yourself? I would give, oh, right, just clinging, just desperately clinging, but sometimes you don't know, even know the question. Yeah, and it's not because you don't get it. It's not because you're lost. It's not because you aren't smart enough. It's not because you haven't studied enough. Sometimes you don't know the question because you're actually experiencing the thing that is the thing behind the thing. Yeah, yeah. So don't worry. Your mind will catch up. Your mind will catch up. Yeah. Maybe later you'll have the words. Maybe later. Maybe later I'll come to your town and do what I do, and I'll be like, this is what it... This is the thing that was... This was the seed that was planted in the earth. Maybe some point you'll be doing that new thing in that new place with those new people, or you'll be doing what you've been doing the whole time, but with some new spirit that imbues the whole thing with an electricity that you're like, well, I didn't know it could be like this, and you didn't move one inch. You stayed exactly where you are, and yet something new got birthed in exactly the same place, in exactly the same house, with exactly the same people, and exactly the same work, and yet it was because... And you're like, wow, I never knew it could be this good here. Yeah, it's because, yeah, you let that space open up. You didn't numb it. 
You just felt the discomfort, the turbulence. You followed it where it led you. You got some hints, some glimpses. You had some guesses. You didn't rush it. You just followed it. And it led you into all kinds of new life. I really hope that this helped. Helped you name this experience. For all of you, oh my goodness, whew, I'm getting all choked up. For all of you who are in that space, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even know the question. And in those times, may grace and peace be with you now more than ever.